What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Well, the best part about that last song was God shed his grace on thee. What a description for our country, God shedding his grace on us. And uh, so if you'd like to please turn to Book of Ruth and chapter two and verse one, we'll get ready to start. It's just wonderful how God has taken the time to record for us these lives where we can see how they were living for God, how they were guided by God, and how they were uh, encouraged by God so that we can live for God, we can be guided by God, we can be encouraged by God. That's our God. And he not only took the time to write these history about the people that we're reading here in Ruth, but every time we talk to each other about God, he says that he's writing a book about that conversation according to the book of Malachi. And so we'll have Many books to read when we get to heaven. That'll be wonderful. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for being a God who records, who records with a purpose, Lord. You don't just record interesting things, but you record instructive things. And Lord, you recorded all this in the book of Ruth to instruct us, to guide us, to encourage us, Lord, to make us more like the children of God. And we thank you for that. Help us, Lord, to learn from you this morning, Lord, as we focus our hearts up to our Father and say, oh, God, teach me. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so here we are now in the book of Ruth here. And so Ruth chapter two, verse one. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Eli Melech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabitess, said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, go, 
my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light in the field, uh, light, light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered him, the Lord bless you. Then said Boaz unto his servants that was set over the reapers, whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, it is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Now, as we have left chapter one, we've traveled with Naomi and with Ruth as they have returned into Naomi's hometown of Bethlehem. This is our goal. As we're going through this book, we want God to place us in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits, along with Naomi and Ruth that so many years ago. We wanna be on those roads. We wanna be and feel that dust of that time, so to speak, so that we're right there with them and we experience what they experience as they experience the wonder of God in their lives. And so in our last study, in chapter two, verse two, we learned so much more about this person of Ruth because she made this statement to Naomi that just opened up for us like a flower. Who is Ruth? Where she said, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And we saw from verse two that what made Ruth's statement so remarkable was the emphasis in verse two. This was not just a Ruth. This was Ruth the Moabitess. It was Ruth the foreigner. It was Ruth the vulnerable woman who was asking Naomi for leave to go out alone amongst men to get food. And we saw from the word now how Ruth was not a procrastinator, far from it. We saw that what needed to be done now, she saw and she said, I wanna do it now, let me now go to the field. See, if Ruth had been in this group that the Lord Jesus Christ was speaking to in one of his times, she would have said, out of my way, coming through, let me hear, I want to go hear the Lord Jesus Christ. And especially, she would have been focused in and agreeing when he said in John 4, 4 through John 4, 35, say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already, as in now, to harvest. See, the Lord Jesus Christ in this statement was addressing 
the issue of procrastination over bringing lost souls to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, don't you say that you have four more months before you need to worry about the harvest. He's saying the harvest of souls is now, it's already, and if you'll just lift your eyes, if you'll just let God put his hand under your chin and lift your eyes up and look on the fields, he'll show you that they're ready right now for a harvest. See, the whole emphasis of what the Lord Jesus Christ was saying was now, and that was the emphasis that Ruth was making, was now. He was warning about saying that later, later, later we'll bring souls to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not necessary now. But he's saying, don't say that. Because by saying, lift up your eyes, he was saying for us, let God change the way we see the world. He was saying that if we let God show us the world as he sees the world, we will not see people as maybe coming to the Lord, maybe later, but we'll see them as ready now to come to the Lord. They just need for us to do our part of being the harvesters, simply do our part of being the harvesters. And Ruth was a now person who saw the need for food, and she asked Naomi, to go now to get food. See, Ruth knew that she had just arrived in Bethlehem and that it would be, maybe it'd be much better. She'd say, you know what? If I have some more time, maybe I could just get better accustomed with the lay of the land. Maybe I could know whose field is where. Maybe I could know who owns what fields. Maybe I could do some interviewing of the people find out about their personalities, the landowners, who's nice, who's not nice, just get kind of a feel for everything before I make my attack. Maybe I can find out where there might be some dangerous places I need to stay away from. But all that would have taken time. And Ruth said, I don't have time. I'm ready whenever. And the whenever was now. Ruth was saying that she was ready to go whenever she was needed and she knew that she was needed now. Ruth knew that she was in a foreign country and that she was identified as a Moabite. She couldn't be identified by anything else. She was a person from a man named country. I mean, she was walking down the street, she'd go, oh, hmm, there's that Moabite. Oh, look at her, oh, she, oh, she's a, a, a ISIS. That's an ISIS person, that's an ISIS woman there. Oh, oh Al-Qaeda, that's an Al-Qaeda woman there. She knew that she was identified in this way from an enemy country. But by saying, let me now go to the field, Ruth was saying that she was ready to go wherever she was needed. And she knew, Ruth knew, it was dangerous for her to go out alone as a Moabite woman into a field of men. But by saying, let me now go to the field, Ruth was saying she was ready to go, cost what it will. She was ready to go, cost what it would. That's why her statement in verse two is so important when she said, let me now go to the field. See, by that statement, Ruth was saying that she saw the need and she saw herself as, as able to meet the need and she said, I'm ready. I'm ready to go whenever I am needed. I'm ready to go wherever I am needed. I'm ready to go cost what it will at any cost. Those three statements, all of them encompassed in her words in verse two, let me now go to the field. That's a challenge for us. That's a challenge for us. 
Oh, that we might be like Ruth. That we might be like Ruth and we might say, as she said, I like Ruth, I'm ready to go whenever God needs me. I'm ready to go wherever God needs me. I'm ready to go at any cost. That's Ruth, that's her. Now, we further study how remarkable it was when Ruth said why she was going to the field in verse two, and Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. See, Ruth was convinced 100% that she was going to find a landowner who would show her grace. And when Ruth said that when she would find grace in the eyes of a landowner, she used a particular Hebrew word. And she used the word hen, hen. See, that word was first used in the Bible in Genesis chapter six, verse eight, of, and, and, and it was speaking about Noah. And it said, Noah found hen in the eyes of the Lord. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He, he found grace, and, and the context of, of that verse was that the world had, God had pronounced the world's gonna be destroyed. The world was going to be destroyed. Why? Because of sin. And who was Noah? A sinner also. But Noah found hen, or grace, in the eyes of the Lord. Noah should have been destroyed also with the world. He's a sinner, like the world, but he was saved from the destruction of the world. This picture, this picture there of Noah deserving to die along with everyone else in the flood, but he didn't. Why? Because of the hen of God, because of the grace of God, it vividly shows us there the definition of the word hen or grace. Hen or grace is getting what we do not deserve. Noah did not deserve an ark. Noah did not deserve to be saved from the flood. Noah did not deserve to be saved from the destruction of the world. But Noah was saved because of one reason, the hen, the grace of God, that's all. Noah couldn't look at his life and say, you know, Lord, I'm absolutely righteous, and, and so that's not, there's no reason for me to be destroyed. No, he was a sinner too. Then why was he saved? The hen, the grace of God. See, the word hen is also used by Zechariah to describe what is going to happen to the Jewish people when they transform this wonderful transformation that's going to happen from their current state of being the rejecters, being the despisers of the Lord Jesus Christ, to being the mourners over the Lord Jesus Christ for what they did to him, to being the promoters or the evangelists of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, this is very interesting, especially for me. I'm very interested in this. How's this gonna happen? How's this great transformation gonna take place? That they're gonna go from here, being the rejectors, to here, mourning over what they've done, and to here, being the evangelists and the promoters and the, and, uh, in the wor of the, into the world of the Lord Jesus Christ. How's that gonna happen? God says how it's gonna happen in Zechariah 12.10, where he says, I will pour, God speaking, he says, I will pour. He says, I'm gonna pour upon the house of David 
and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of hen, the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they will look upon me whom they have pierced. See, the one who's pouring the grace and the supplications on them is the one who's been pierced, is the one who they're gonna look on and say, it's Jesus. They're gonna be like, Paul, who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Jesus, oh, they'll look on him whom they have pierced. It's not gonna be like the Romans did it. No, they're gonna say, we did it. Take full ownership. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. You know, the death of a child for a parent is a very bitter pill to swallow. A parent should never, never see the death of his child. The parent is supposed to die before the child, but when the child dies, it's a particular bitterness. And there's a, there's a strong mourning, and he says, this is the kind of mourning it's going to be when they look on me, they look on their God, and they say, oh, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me. And when they see that their hand was in there, had the part in it all, the key part, then they'll mourn. See, to see from this verse, the Jewish people mourning over the Lord Jesus Christ, taking ownership for his death, oh, that's the hand of God. That's the grace of God. That's him being, that's him pouring out. That is God in his goodness leading them to repentance which is what it says in Romans 2, 4, that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. See, Han is a description of the Lord Jesus Christ because it says in John 1, 4, the word, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ by that wonderful title of his, the word, the communication from God, the word was made flesh and he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full, retundant, full of pen, full of grace and truth. We beheld the Lord Jesus Christ, and we saw grace. We saw hen, we saw grace. We looked at the Lord Jesus Christ, we saw grace. We stood back and we said, I see the Lord Jesus Christ, and as I see the Lord Jesus Christ, I see the grace of God in him, I see my salvation from sin. I did not deserve that salvation. That's grace. I see grace in him. In him, I am adopted as a child of God. I did not deserve to be adopted as a child of God. That's grace. In him, I see the grace of God. In him, I see that because of God, I'm gonna live forever. I'm gonna have a, a home in heaven. I don't deserve that. That's grace. I got that in him. In him, I see the grace of God. In him, everything is in him. Uh, what I don't deserve and what I receive is all because of him being the grace of God. See, that's ken, that's grace. It's different from the word mercy or chesed, which is to not get what I deserve. See, grace is to get what I don't deserve. Mercy is to not get 
what I do deserve. We do deserve the eternal judgment of God. We do deserve hell. We do not get that because of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is God's mercy. So mercy or chesed is to not get what we deserve, to not get hell. And grace or hen is to get what we don't deserve, is heaven. So in verse 2, when Ruth said that she was going to find hen, she was going to find grace in the eyes of a landowner, she was saying that she was going to get what she did not deserve. That shows us a lot about Ruth. It shows that she was not a person who saw herself as entitled. You know, she wasn't at the front of the welfare line pounding her fist and saying, you, you owe it to me, I deserve this. That's not Ruth. Ruth did not have that attitude. Ruth did not have the attitude, well, those landlords, those landlords they have more than they deserve. They take advantage of all of us poor people, so I deserve to be able to get that, the, the fruits off their field. That wasn't Ruth. She talked about hen. When Ruth used the word hen or grace, it showed that Ruth there, she saw that she didn't deserve to glean that corn on another man's field. It shows us that Ruth was a person of gratefulness. She was conscious that everything she had was by grace. And again, Ruth is an example to us. Oh, that we'd be like Ruth in this aspect and see that all that we have, we don't deserve, it's just given to us by the grace of God. Turns us to, turn us to be and everything give thanks. That's what it means. Why was Ruth so confident that she would find this landowner with, that's gonna show her grace? How could she know? Why is she so confident? She didn't say, well, I hope to. She said, I will. How was she so confident? Because Ruth was confident in God and that she was confident that God was the God of all grace. Just like Peter said in 1 Peter 5.10, but the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. See, Ruth didn't know very much about the people of Israel. She just got there. Ruth didn't know very much the land of Israel. She just got there. She, Ruth didn't know about the, the city Bethlehem of Israel. She just got there. But Ruth knew a lot about the God of Israel. And Ruth knew that the God of Israel was a God of great grace. And so she was confident that God would lead her to a landowner that would show her grace. Why? Because God was going to provide that landowner to show her grace. Just like it says, the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord and he turns it whithersoever he will. The heart of the landowner is in the hands of the Lord and he turns it whithersoever he will. And Ruth went out there and said, that's right, Lord, that's who you are. You're a God of all grace, I'm relying on that. And Naomi's words then, she turns, and Naomi's listening to this. She says, whoa, how... Naomi's sitting there saying, I don't deserve to have such a daughter like daughter-in-law like this, Ruth. And she turns to her and Naomi's words, my daughter. She called her my daughter. It's so monumental. You know, we can see Naomi, she turns, she looks into the eyes of Ruth. You know, she did the Jewish way, you know, she might have taken Ruth's hands in her face like this and looked at her and said, my daughter. And then she would have turned her face and kissed her on the cheek with a wet kiss. And by Naomi calling her my daughter, Naomi was saying to Ruth, listen, Ruth, everyone here may call you Ruth the Moabitess, but not me. I call you Ruth my daughter. 
And Naomi could look back at Ruth and say, you know, I never had a daughter, but I've got one now. I got a wonderful daughter, Ruth, my daughter. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.